we're here. We're here. You know, so there was one thing that I was thinking about the sure. other day is that, you know, we give ourselves two weeks between episodes. Yep. And we literally wait pretty much until the last minute. Because we suck. Because we suck. You know, when we spread it out to two weeks, it was so that, like, we had time right? to do all of it and not procrastinate until the very last moment. And we suck. We do suck. I was actually going to write my story last week, and then I got ungodly sick. Like, it was literally on my list of things to do that week, and then I was super sick, so I was just like, nope, that's not happening. (laughs) I was going to do it over the weekend, and then I decided to watch TV all weekend, so... That's fine. It's totally fine. So we're here. Hi. Hi. And welcome to the Marble Forest Podcast. We're, We're here. here. We have our curtains up. We do have our curtains They're up. They're pulled so no one can see in. Yes. We have a baby Theo. We have a Devin. We have a Devin. Fresh from a fun trip. Back at it with us. Back in the the West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Virginia it is. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. Regular Virginia? She ca- she came from regular Virginia. Did you Virginia. see Mothman? No. <sighs> That's so depressing. Did you go to the Mothman Museum? We should go to West Virginia to go to the Mothman Museum. Let's just make a weekend road trip to West Virginia. I'm so in. Okay. That's like a 12 hour drive. I'm it's not. I'm fine actually. with it. It's uh, only an uh, nine. It's hour only an drive. hour. No. <laughs> if I we think it may teleport. If we teleport. Maybe. Okay. So here's the plan. We start our road trip Friday night. We stay in, like, say, Cincinnati or Cleveland. I don't know which one's going to be the closest. Like, a four-hour drive. Okay. And we stay for the night, and then we drive the rest of the way, and then we stay in Point Pleasant for for forever. We just move there? We just move there. (laughs) There's actually a ton more, like, sort of ghosty paranormal shit to see in West Virginia. I'd be down. I think it would be so much fun. Yeah. I'm so for it. I also remember we talked about our road trip to Savannah. Yes. That would be a couple day trip, too. We've talked about a lot of road trips. Yeah. Oh, it's saying it's five hours. To Point Pleasant? To directly to the Mothman Museum. Five hours? Let's just go in one day. Let's go tomorrow? Let's go tomorrow. Just kidding, I have to work. Are you sure you have to work? Unfortunately. We could leave right after this recording and drive to Point Pleasant. But I have to be take able to get both, in. I have to take both dogs with me, but it's okay. I looked it up. Dogs are allowed in the museum. <laughs> Devin's in. Um, I have to work tomorrow. I don't have much to talk about. Like I told you that we've started looking into some wedding planning and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but we started. So that's a goal. Yay! The new Animal Crossing game comes out in like a month. I see everyone talking about it. I thought it would be coming out sooner. I'm dying. Oh, okay. It's killing me. They actually, they just did a, like, news release yesterday about, like, new stuff, like, new announcements. So, um, that's probably why everyone's so excited. Like, the new neighbors? There's, like, a couple new, like, 
animals that they've announced, and then they were announcing just different features that the new game has. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to be literally attached to my Switch. Okay. Sounds good. Done. Always on it. All right. Even while at work. I told them I'm bringing my Switch to work. Okay. <laughs> you already told you already told them this. Yeah. Well, I figure I'm going to play it on breaks. Like, I'm not going to play it on the floor. But I have, like, five people at work who also play Animal Crossing, and I'm trying to get them to start a club with me. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do for Valentine's Day? Nothing. I was so sick. Oh, really? I was so sick. I had, like, a really bad cold. So Jason and I actually just ended up getting a pizza and, like, playing Borderlands 3 and hanging out on the couch. Well, I, by myself, I came, I bought myself a half dozen thing of roses. Nice. A bottle of wine. Chocolate covered strawberries. I love it. And I sat on my couch and watched Toy Story 4 on Disney Plus. I Oh, sh- and I took Theo out and I got him things too because he's my valentine. Aw, how cute. No, we just played video games in Ohio because I was sick and I didn't feel good and I just wanted to... And then I called off playing the game early because I was like falling asleep on the couch. I just We just saw Toy Story 4 the other day. Yeah, I, I'm really glad it was on Disney Plus because like I was not going to pay to see it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I, unpopular opinion, did not like Toy Story 3. I didn't like Toy Story 3 either. Okay. But I also did cry at the end. So I didn't the fake hate end. it. But I didn't love it. I cried at the part where you know I cried at. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that movie came out like seven years ago. So like, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. Um. So I was like, I wasn't going to go buy tickets and go see it in theaters. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, I didn't love it. <clears throat> I didn't love the ending of Toy Story 4, to be honest. You know, is it over now? No. (laughs) They're definitely going to make another one. They're going to milk everything for all it's worth. At least until Tom Hanks dies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that's about all I've got. Yeah, that's all I got. I was so sick in the last, like, month. Ready? Flip. Ready to jive on into it? Coin. It's Jesse. It's me. So today we're going to talk about the beginning of America. Oh, fun. We are talking about the White House. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we are in Washington, D.C. The White House has been known as the President's Palace, the President's House, and the Executive Mansion. Ooh. At various times in history, um, oh, that's the names in various times in history, but President Theodore Roosevelt officially gave the White House its current name in 1901. I did not know that, actually. Fun fact. Wow. Thanks for giving me There's the going to be a lot of knowledge in this episode. Giving me the knowledge about America. You know, what you should have learned in your high school history class, but you were too busy fucking around, but still somehow passed anyways. Story of my Here's life. your refresher. Story of my literal <laughs> But with life. some ghosts. <laughs> we used to play cards in history. <laughs> I don't even remember history class besides where I sat. So like... But the White House is located at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington. (laughs) No, I love Pennsylvania Attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So 1600 Pennsylvania Attitude in Washington, (laughs) D.C., where every sitting president except George Washington has lived and worked in. 
Um, Washington did select the site in 1791 and began a competition for the design of the building. Ooh. Yes. In... 1792, a cornerstone was laid and a competition design was submitted by Irish-born architect James Hoban. He was chosen for it. James Hoban built the house in a neoclassical style and even modeled the building after Lanester House in Dublin, which I remember seeing. I had to look it up because I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. It's some place that I saw when I was in Dublin. Really? You did go there? Yeah, I did. Saw it. Proud of you. Been there. I Been there, it. done that. I touched it. Have you touched the White House? No, I haven't. So at least you touched its cousin. I touched its cousin. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> so construction took place between 1792 and 1800 using a Creek sandstone painted white. I hope I pronounced that right. So they, they painted the stones white? Yeah. Okay. So it's sandstone, so it's like a little more sturdy. Okay. Right? Sturdy. I think so. What's the hardness level of sandstone? Did you I look know, that up? I don't know, but doesn't sandstone like deteriorate o- via erosion? So like, I would have does it? Sandstone does though. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> like every time it rains, the White House gets shorter. <laughs> it's It loses a little bit of the wall, so it's so thin we can see inside. Oh, yeah. What are they doing? So, after eight years of construction, so pretty much all of George Washington's presidency, the house was completed. That sucks. Like, you're like, I'm going to have this competition, and I'm going to build this fucking sweet-ass house for all presidents, but I don't get to live in it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. He didn't get to live in it. Uh, President John Adams and his wife, Abigail, moved into the... It wasn't actually quite finished yet in 1800, but they still moved in. Did you think they have to wear hard hats? No, I don't think we were that OSHA approved back in uh, the 1800s. Okay, we still don't have our OSHA standards. We still don't have our OSHA standards. <laughs> they just like carried books over their head to make sure they didn't get hit in the head with rocks. Yeah, well, maybe there was Falling like a completed sandstone. wing of the mansion. A completed wing. With 11 fireplaces. <laughs> There's actually more fireplaces than 11. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. <laughs> that uh, wing had 11 fireplaces. Yeah. Itself. Probably. So during the War of 1812, the mansion was actually set ablaze in the burning of Washington. So they burned down the White House. They burned it down all the way? They burned it down. Oh, I didn't actually know that either. Well, not quite down. I didn't pay attention in American history. (laughs) To be honest, I didn't think it was that interesting in high school. (laughs) You know what? I don't think any high schooler does. (laughs) But then you start doing a podcast with history in it. And then you're actually fascinated by things like that. I'm learning now. (laughs) We're 27 years old and we're finally learning history. You know what we should do? We should start a school where instead of classes, we just have podcasts and they have to do history for their podcast. That's our history class. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. We'll call it the Marble School. (laughs) Will the school be made of marble? And forest. And forest. Well, because you have to have wood. Yeah. So the outside is marble, like the Whitney, like the granite. Yes. So the outside is marble, and then the inside is constructed out of forest. All of the inside of the building just looks like you're in a forest, too. Ooh. That would be fucking sweet. That would be fucking sweet. It's like the Rainforest Cafe, but less rain. <laughs> We're going to have animatronic ghosts. <laughs> oh, 
my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? I would go to that restaurant if it was an actual restaurant. Like, if they were like, here's a Marble Forest experience, like the Rainforest Cafe, I'd fucking go. We've got, like, an animatronic Bigfoot or animatronic, oh. like, Nessie. That would, like, all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye, like, it would walk through some trees. Yes! And you're like, what was that? And you're like watching it for like the time next time it rolls around. You're like, it's fucking Bigfoot. I knew it. (laughs) And you can do the sky to look like, you know, how the Rainforest Cafe is where it's got like the little pinprick lights. Yeah. But you could get like a thing that like flies across the sky and like darkens it. Ooh, so like pretty much a whole TV screen in the sky. I love this. Yeah. And then, but then... Well, it'll look like an alien, and then it'll change to a fucking owl. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best idea we've ever had. TM, TM. <laughs> the Marble Forest Cafe. Oh, I love it. Opening in a town near you. Probably a mall. It'll die. The Pro- mall will die around it. Probably a mall. But if you want to we'll see- We'll take over all of the old Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> If you want to scare the fuck out of your small children, come to our restaurant. Yeah. Fucking do it. It would be amazing. Oh, my God. And then we could... <laughs> I'm so for this right now. We could name most of the food on our menu about, like, episodes. I love that. So, like... Mothman muffins. For <sighs> sure. Mothman muffins. Oh, my gosh. There has to be some, like, lumberjack... The re- what, would, what would the red-headed lumberjack be? Red-headed hitchhiker be? Ooh, what do hitchhikers like to eat? Reuben. Ooh, I like. I could get behind a Reuben. Yes. I like that. The Route 44 Reuben. Oh, this is a thing. We're doing so good at this. We're <laughs> reopening this restaurant. And then Michelle will manage it. Perfect. Because she's going to school for that. Because we need someone who knows what the fuck they're right. doing. Right. Well, we're just the idea people. <laughs> we need to run this by Michelle. Michelle, listen to this podcast. Michelle, you got to hear this part. I will just tell her to listen to it. Yes, do it. Okay. Can we move on? I think we got really distracted. We should move on. (laughs) So, yes, the White House was set ablaze during the burning of Washington. Uh, They destroyed much of the interior, charring much of and charring much of the exterior. Reconstruction began almost immediately by James Hoban himself again. Oh, so he was like, I'm just going to rebuild this. Yeah, he came back. Fuckers. Yeah, fuckers burned down my building. Yeah. So gotta He's Irish, a- isn't he? Yeah. He's probably real sassy about it. He probably so sassy. There's probably <coughs> a lot of swear words in there. Oh, for sure. Do you think he carved swear words into the beams? And then covered it with plaster? I would have. That would be awesome. I would have. You wee bastards. <laughs> Burn down my house. Fuck you guys. The house was not rebuilt until 1817 when James Monroe moved in. Okay. So, John Adams did not end up staying. He had to move out. He had to move out. He got kicked out because, like, you know, his house sort of got caught on fire. I mean, like, he could have lived. Wait, I don't. I think that's a different president that lived in that time frame. Because if he, if John Adams moved in 1800, who is the third president? Devin. Siri, who was the third president of the United States? Thomas Jefferson. Oh, so Thomas Jefferson was there when the house burned down. He was the president from 18. 18- 01 to 1809? Yeah. So doesn't quite make sense, but sure. I don't know history, but I'm going to go with it. That makes sense. They can only stay for eight years. Right. Okay. So I guess Thomas Jefferson 
sort of lived in the house. He burned down the house. He burned down the house. And then James Monroe moved in in 1817 after it got rebuilt. Uh, during Monroe's administration, he oversaw the building of the South Portico, <laughs> or the columns that you see on the front and the back of the White House. Okay. And then we're in 1824, and then Andrew Jackson, the next next president, oversaw the North Portico of 1829. Portico just makes me think like you're at a Renaissance festival and you have like portable cows that you bring in like for a your turkey Renaissance. Leg? Like you bring them in for your Renaissance festival, and they've got like banners on them that say like Portico, oh, like, like cow livestock. Yes. They're like cow advertisements. Yes. So you just buy a livestock. Yeah, and you put your advertisement on it. So, like, the Marble Forest podcast by a livestock. Yes. Okay. And then you put an advertisement on it for our Hashtag podcast. still future dreams <laughs> to have a stuffed cow that says buy a livestock on it. I love it. In 1902, we're jumping ahead. I didn't really do super great at the timing, so it jumps around. That's fine. Um, I didn't do super great at paying attention in history. Okay. So, in 1902, Theodore Roosevelt also began another major re- renovation on the White House. Oh, Theo, what did you do? He was the president. Theo was the president? Yeah. Oh. Well, he was the president, and he uh, renovated the White House, including the relocation of the president's office from the second floor. Oh. To, to, to the Oval Office. <laughs> uh, president William Howard Taft had... How many presidents are, like, remodeling this fucking White House? A lot. They're just like, you know, I don't like this. So, it was actually President William Howard Taft that had the Oval Office constructed with an enlarged office wing. And less than 50 years after the Roosevelt renovation, the White House was showing signs of serious structural structural weakness. It's probably because it was made out of sand. Probably. It's just a sand castle. <laughs> oh my god, it is a sand castle. It's a white it's like a white beach sand castle. Ooh. That's so romantic. It's the white sands of Washington, DC. <laughs> President Harry S. Truman began renovation of the building in which the outer walls were dis- dismantled and rebuilt. Jeez, that's a lot of work. Well, they weren't structurally sound Well, anymore. I know, but like that's Because a lot every of work. time it rained, the White House got shorter. And the walls got thinner. And the walls got thinner. So we could see people shower. Ooh. Bringing it back already from this episode. Got it. So from the ground floor, corridors transformed from their early service areas to the state floor rooms where countless leaders, dignitaries have been entertained. Uh, Reconstruction was overseen by architect Lorenzo Winslow. And the Truman family moved back into the house in 1952. Okay. So here's the stats. Ready? Yep. The White House has 132 rooms, 35 bathrooms, and six floors. I feel like it should have more bathrooms. You, th- I think it needs more bathrooms per how many rooms there are, Yeah, too. right? Like, it doesn't equal out well. Yeah, well, like, you also have to keep in mind that, like, the White House is also, like, a museum or some shit, right? Yeah. They have probably those big... Like bathroom. many stall bathrooms. Okay. On the at least on the first floor. How many toilets does the White House have? Thirty-five. Just thirty-five toilets. Oh, 35 I don't bathrooms? know. I don't know how many toilets there are. I know how many bathrooms there are. I'm gonna see if I can Google it. How many toilets are in the White House? Literally. Okay. So the first option was how many toilets are in the White House, and the second option was how many toilets in the world. 
Oh, okay. You want to know how many toilets are in the world? It just says how- 35 bathrooms. Oh, okay. So we can, like, add a couple of more toilets to that and call it a day. Yeah, that's fine. There are 412 doors. Jesus. 147 windows. 28 fireplaces. Wow. Just slightly more than the Whitney, apparently. Yeah, just a little. Yeah. Eight staircases and three elevators. The White House kitchen is able to serve as many as 140 guests and hors d'oeuvres for more than a thousand. Wow. The White House requires 570 gallons of paint to cover the outside surface. Holy shit. Fun facts. Like, how often do they paint it? I have no fucking clue, but you clearly know that they paint it a lot because it needs to be that pristine white. Of course, because it can't be, like, off-white. Yeah, they can't just go to Home Depot and buy 570 (laughs) gallons of paint for the White House. This is bare premium. It'll be fine. (laughs) In 18... From 1862 to 1863, Mary Todd Lincoln was grieving the death of her son, Willie, in February... Um, and began to participate in spirit circles or seances in the Red Room at the White House and the Presidential Cottage at Soldier's Home. I love that. In 1901 to 1904, Jeremiah Jerry Smith started working at the White House during the Ulysses S. Grant administration in the late 1860s and served as a footman, butler, cook, doorman, and official duster. Of the White House. Oh, official duster. It said official duster on the website. He's a footman, though. He's got a fetish. (laughs) Exactly. Until he apparently retired from the White House 35 years later. Wow. He spent 35 years dusting. Yeah, and just waiting on the president. The official duster. Yeah, the official duster. He had a key to every room in the house. He had a key to every room in the house and his own closet filled with cleaning supplies yes mostly dusters mostly dusters mostly those like feather dusters that don't actually trap anything and just like leave dust everywhere in the air yes exactly and he would just daintily dust things off oh daintily yes so during his time uh the official dusters time in the white house reporters could always count on him on a slow news day He would tell them the stories about how he had seen ghosts of Lincoln, Grant, and McKinley and some of the first ladies. He sounds fun. He does sound like fun. Just rolling in the ghosts. So I'm just going to list the ghosts that appear in the home with some of, like, the experiences. Okay. So Abraham Lincoln, we're just going to start there. Okay. Appears in the Lincoln bedroom in the yellow oval office, which I'm not quite sure what the yellow oval offices in comparison to like the normal oval office i didn't look into it maybe it was their like their fuck up office like they were gonna put that to be the oval office it's but the they first lady up. office like oh yeah for sure that's her desk yeah it's just yellow yeah. everything is yellow it's neutral all the furniture is yellow all the walls are yellow it's like an ugly mustard yellow though you can only wear yellow when you go into there <laughs> <laughs> or abraham lincoln will come after you in vengeance so First Lady uh, Grace Coolidge had spoken to a magazine about seeing him looking out a window in what had been his old office. Queen Will Wilhelmina, Will Wilhelmina, Wilhelmina, yes. Queen, wait, what? Queen Wilhelmina. 
Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom in 1942. She heard a knock at the door, and when she got up to investigate, she opened the door to see Abraham Lincoln standing there. That's not creepy. She just fainted. I would too. <laughs> like, she, she, she was out. She was gone. First of all, I've also seen a lot of, like, movies or, like, TV shows or horror things where it's, like, a creepy Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And I would probably Like, all of those, like, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or whatever that fucking movie was. (laughs) Yes. He was, like, supposedly such a badass. I love that. So, Prime Minister Winston Churchill had just stepped out of the bath in the Lincoln bedroom. He was completely naked, smoking a cigar. Can I tell you, (laughs) the podcast that I was listening to for this story pretty much said he had nothing on but a cigar. (laughs) And I was just like, really? I mean, he just stepped out of the bath, right? He just stepped out of the bath. He didn't even have time to grab his towel, but he had to have that cigar. He had to have. He was probably smoking the cigar in the bath. Cigars before towels. Yeah, exactly. 2020? 2020? I don't know. Don't, don't tell people to smoke. I don't know what year that was. <laughs> I don't know what year it was either. I think it was like 1945, something like that. 1945. 44. 44. Something around there. Some, the 1940s. Okay. When he came out smoking his cigar, he saw Lincoln standing by the fireplace. Churchill apparently responded, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> that's a great response but like so you know is just the deceased president lincoln and you're just like yeah i'm just gonna fucking talk to this president so, about how i'm butt-ass naked so what actually probably happened is he saw it and then he spent all night trying to come up with like a witty thing that he said so he didn't sound like he was terrified that's probably it he was like you know what sh- what could i say that people would be like wow you're so cool yeah he's definitely so cool in that moment he was probably like he was probably actually in a towel, but the sound cooler. He was like, I was so naked. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He wasn't actually smoking either. Yeah. Like he was just like eating a lollipop, but he was like, That's not cute. Like, I gotta sound cool. Exactly. Under the Reagan administration, the White House curator said that Reagan had said that his dog would go into every room of the White House except the Lincoln bedroom. The dog would just stand outside the door and bark. Oh, that's not comfortable. No. I would never go in that room. It So they say that Lincoln always comes back whenever he feels that the country is in need or peril. And they say he strides up and down the second floor hallways and taps on the doors and stands by windows. Oh. So that's just what he does. He just wants to help. He just wants to help. He's like, I wasn't able to finish my presidency. So I'm going to try to help you finish yours. <laughs> Mary Iban, who worked for Eleanor Roosevelt, reported seeing him on his bed, pulling on his boots. Her screams apparently brought Secret Service agents running. So he was just like going about his daily business. He's just getting ready. He was just getting ready for the day. She just had to fucking scream and shit. Yeah. Like, excuse me. <laughs> getting ready. Miss Roosevelt, in 1932, talked about the life in the White House, told a group of San Antonio... 
in San Antonio that she felt that there was another presence when she worked in worked in a room where many presidents had also worked. She said that it felt I I would get a distinct feeling that there is someone in the room when she was by herself. Mm. They're just continuing to work. Yeah. Now we're moving past Abraham Lincoln and we're going to move to Willie Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's son. Okay. So Abraham Lincoln's son died in the White House of typhoid fever when he was 11 years old. Oh, how sad. And he has been, he was, before Abraham died, he was seen regularly in the White House. His mother, Mary Todd Lincoln, was even so stricken with grief from his loss that she was just laying in bed all day. And one day she saw him standing at the foot of her bed. Oh. Yeah. So she like fell into some deep ass depression. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Was that her only kid? I'm not sure. Back then, they made like 20 of them. They made 20 in case one or two died. Yeah. Willie has also been seen in the White House by staff members of the Grant administration in the 1870s. Andrew Jackson has also been seen in the White House and has been seen lying in his bed in the Queen's bedroom or the Rose Room. Andrew Jackson has been heard letting out a guttural laugh. Same. Same. Yeah. And then stomping and swearing. Yeah, me too. Same. <laughs> me too. What do you think he was doing? Being angry about being president of the United States? He's gutturally laughing, so something is really funny. How stupid his life has become being president <laughs> of the United States. Thomas Jefferson has been seen playing violin or heard playing violin in the Oval Office. Dolly Madison, uh, wife of James Madison... Protects the Rose Garden. Oh. During Woodrow Wilson's administration, staff members reported seeing her ghost as they were about to move the Rose Garden, and they decided to just avoid it, not move it, because of her. Her. That's fair. She's protecting it. John Tyler, the 10th president. I had to look these up, so that's how there's actually a presidents here that I didn't know existed. Proud of you. So John Tyler haunts the Blue Room. He has been seen proposing to Julia Gardner, his second wife. Oh. William Henry Harrison, the ninth president, died of typhoid, pneumonia, and paratyphoid fever 31 days into his term of president. That sucks. He haunts the attic, apparently. I don't know why he haunts the attic. It's just his place. It's just his place where he goes to hide when he's feeling sad. Yes. Abigail Adams, wife of John Adams, has been seen hanging laundry in the East Room, and sometimes staff can smell wet laundry and the scent of lavender. Oh. She has been also seen walking around with her arms outstretched as if holding, like, a stack of clean linens. So she just still does laundry. That's miserable. I don't want that to be my afterlife. You don't want it in your afterlife? You just don't want to continually, perpetually do laundry? No. I can't even, like, do laundry in my daily life. Right? Me neither. (laughs) Guess I'll get caught up when I'm dead. (laughs) There is a British soldier who has been seen that died during the War of 1812. He has been seen roaming the grounds of the White House holding a torch. So, like, did he burn down the White House? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. David Burns, who had owned the land prior to uh, the White House george washington purchasing it he has been seen and heard in the oval office saying i'm mr burns and i think it's a joke but like i also left it in because it was funny 
I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. For sure. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. He just needs people to know who he is. Yeah. He he needs people to know what was before the White House. Yeah. He needs to know he was there first. Excellent. <laughs> Anna Surratt, Surratt uh, has been seen banging on doors at the White House pleading to President Andrew Jackson. She was actually there to beg for a pardon for her mother, the Lincoln assassinated assassination co-conspirator Mary Surratt. Oh. So, apparently, Anna was just like, save my mother from utter peril, and he's like, no, you fucking murdered a president. Yeah. <laughs> like, I ain't pardoning anyone. President, oh, so this is one of the last stories. One night, President Truman was asleep when he was awoken by the sound of knocking at his door. In a letter he wrote to his wife about this night, it reads, I jumped up to put on my bathrobe, opened the door, and no one was there. I went out and looked up and down the hall, looked in your room and Margie's, still no one. I went back to bed after locking the doors and there were footsteps in your room, whose door I had left open. I jumped up and looked and no one was there. The damn place is haunted, sure as shooting. <laughs> the Secret Service said not even a watchman was up here at that hour. Sure as shooting. Sure as shooting. He continued to say, You and Margie had better come back and protect me before some of these ghosts carry me off. I love that. Right? <laughs> there was a headline in 1903 uh, with a story called White House Ghosts. Changes in the mansion have driven them away. <laughs> a longtime White House staff member spoke about how the renovations had cleared the mansion of the spirits and that had kept him company on lonely nights. Oh, they right? were just his friends. They were just his friends. Um, he described them as guiding up and down public staircases and down them. But Lincoln, it still seems, would not scare away that easily. And as most of my stories today did take place after 1903. Okay. So, there is still activity of ghosts. I only think it's Lincoln at this point in time from what I was reading. But yes, there is still activity of at least President Lincoln in the house after 1903. Do you think we should write the White House a letter and be like, excuse me, but could you tell us any current ghost sightings? Could we? Is there like a number we can call the White House? I don't know. Can I tell you, so when I was writing this story today, I literally got the history off of the whitehouse.gov website. <laughs> <laughs> and I I had apparently retyped it, and I didn't remember I retyped it, and I retyped it as 1971 instead of 1791. And I was like, the fucking White House is so stupid. They didn't even proofread their history before they posted <laughs> it on the internet. And I was like reading it and I'm like, nope, no, it's me. I'm the idiot. Like, <laughs> So. I love it. Yeah. So that is the story of the White House. And it's ghosty goose. There is a lot of ghosts. Like, and I could continue on and like I could have looked deeper into more stories like there have been stories of they used to do haunted tours of the White House. That would have been sweet. Yeah. And so uh, they one of the articles I read was like interviewing one of like the tour guides of the White House and he was just like I could literally take people on a tour for 10 hours of the White House and talk about all the ghosts. Wow. 
Yes. So, I don't know if they still do tours of the White House, but, like, we should fucking figure that out. Right? Alright. You ready? I am ready. So, we're gonna go back to the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah! That goes for real claps! (laughs) Real claps! Right into the mic. So, I'm covering another small area of it today. I'm so excited. I fucked up my mic. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. So, just a refresher about the Bridgewater Triangle. It refers to an area of about 200 square miles within southern eastern Massachusetts. Yush. So cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, who coined the term Bridgewater Triangle, wrote that Bridgewater Triangle encompasses many towns. The towns of Abington, Rehoboth, and Freetown Freetown! are the points of the triangle. Freetown! And then the towns of Brockton, Whitman, Weston, West Bridgewater, East Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Middlesbrough, Dighton, Berkeley, Rayenham, Norton, Easton, and Lakeville. Oh, wait, there's two more. <laughs> I was like, do you really have the list off all of the cities are that are in the triangle? So that's what's inside of it. So it's a lot. it covers a lot, a lot of an area is yeah. kind of the point. So the Bridgewater Triangle claims to be the site of paranormal phenomena, UFOs, poltergeist, orbs, balls of fire, Bigfoot sightings, giant snakes, thunderbirds, and other spectral phenomena. Great balls of fire. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, a large part of the Bridgewater Triangle is made up by the Hockamock Swamp. So, that's what we're covering today. A swamp? A swamp. So, it's the largest is swamp Elvis land. in there? He might be. Singing Great Balls of Fire? Yes, definitely. All right. uh, the largest swamp land in New... It's the largest swamp land in New England, and one of the most densely populated with plants and animals, and geological diversity. It's... Like dense surroundings mean that it's a very difficult place to navigate, which leads some to believe that certain creatures will, will could lurk in the swamps undetected. Bigfoot, yeah. Swamp monster. What is was the swamp monster's name? Swamp thing. Swamp thing. The creature the thing? from the Black Lagoon. Yes, that was what I was looking for. The Wampanoag tribe gave the um, swamp the name Hockamoke, which means place where spirits dwell. And colonial settlers. Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, So, like, they already just fucking knew, and it just still exists. Yep. So, do we want to, like, go to Massachusetts and, like, do this? I mean, we could. Okay. Um, So, the uh, colonial settlers called it the Devil Swamp because of some strange sightings reported here, including various flying creatures and ghosts. Flying creatures? Yes. So Pterodactyls? The s- totally. Okay. So the swamp is home to a mysterious 8,000-year-old Native American burial ground. Of course. And do you want to know why it's mysterious? When it Because was- the Indians didn't actually bury anyone there? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. When it was discovered by archaeologists, the bodies disappeared upon excava- excavation. Um, how do you lose track of a body <laughs> that you just buried out of the ground? I don't know. Like, they just vanished right before their eyes, or, like... I'm not sure. Like, when I was, like, trying to figure out, like, why is it so mysterious, like, well, that's what I got. All right, neat. If you visit Hockamoke Swamp, be prepared that cell service is spotty, GPS is glitchy, and it is a very, very dense, so it's very easy to get lost. Well, we have 5G now. I'm pretty sure I can get service. (laughs) So, one thing that is common in the swamp is Bigfoot. 
Bigfoot! I knew it. In my soul, I knew it. (laughs) There are several accounts of a large half-man, half-ape hairy creature prowling the area. One book recounts that at one point in the 1970s, one Bigfoot went haywire and killed pigs, sheep belonging to a local... A pig, sheep. Pigs and sheep belonging to a local farmer. Bigfoot just lost it and just went on a killing spree? He was just on so much ecstasy. (laughs) Bigfoot... He was just, like, feeling himself, and, like, he didn't mean to kill those pigs and sheep. He didn't mean to. He, he thought they were partying together. <laughs> um, police. That is one bad night. Yes. You wake up the next morning, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> what did I do? Police with attack dogs searched the swamp for two days and found no signs of any Bigfoot creature. Another- Wait. They actually have Police. Search the swamp for fucking Bigfoot? Yes. Not even, like, an actual culprit for Bigfoot. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to get my story straight. Another creature that is commonly seen is called a Thunderbird. Ooh! Which is best described as a massive pterodactyl-like bird with a large wingspan. Fuck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I'm nailing this today. you, You nailed everything on the head. Um, its wingspan is between 8 and 12 inches long, or inches, feet. <laughs> it has tiny ass wings. <laughs> it's just like a little, it's just like a little hummingbird. <laughs> yeah, 8 to eight to 12 feet long. I do want to cover Thunderbirds at some point. Like, I think that would be interesting. It is, I tried I looking at it about once, it, yeah. And it was kind of hard to find stuff. Yeah, totally. I could just find cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> According to one tale, a Norton police sergeant in 1971 was driving along Winter Street in Mansfield towards his home in Easton. As he approached a place that is locally known as Bird Hill in Easton, it's near... Do you see normal birds or thunderbirds on this hill? Well, it's near the edge of the swamp. Oh, okay. He was confronted by a tremendous winged creature over six feet tall and a wingspan of about eight to 12 feet, which is what Coleman said. Every January, unexplained... Evulsive balls of light have been seen over the railroad tracks that run beside the Rainham dog track and through the swamp. Fireballs. Balls of light. Firebirds? They could be fireballs. Thunderbirds? Fire thunderbirds? Fire balls of birds? Fire. <laughs> In 1997, a law enforcement officer working the night shift at Bridgewater in Bridgewater saw a very large triangular UFO with three white and two red star-like lights. Man, you're just covering everything in the swamp, huh? Yes. So this was told by um I put his his description lower down, so I'm just going to read that to you really quick. This was told by Chris Pittman. He is a student of the paranormal who has focused on Hockamock uh, Swamp for decades. He said that the way the swamp evolved from glacial activity and the mounting of alum, alavum, I have no idea how to say words. Okay. Um, mounting of deposits Okay. To, uh, to the death and decay of plants that created the swamp's thick peat bedding may result in the gravitational anomaly that allows for weird and unexplained things. I want to be a student of the paranormal or am i already a student of the are paranormal? we spirits of the paranormal spirits of the paranormal Par- yes students we're already spirits well well then. we've already died damn this it. is just our afterlife making podcasts for an internet i love it Pittman also said that um for two days and nights and 1970 
Bridgewater and the state police with attacks dogs stage a hunt for a giant bear. A bear. So this, this could have been linked to the other story. Yeah. Um, even though no bears lived in the area. Following numerous reports of the sighting say that it was like a seven foot hairy tall creature. Oh, I was going to say chupacabra. Hmm. Chupacabra. We're just going to add them all. Every into... single thing you can think of. Is there is there a lake monster in the swamp? I don't in think the so. Swamp lake? Is there a lake swamp monster? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Maybe. On October 24th. That's literally how it's written in my notes. In oh. October 24th. It's fine. 1980. Editions of the N- Enterprise. A Brockton man and his friends recalled their brush with another swamp creature. They said they were paddling on Lake Nipponicton. Lipin- how do you Lake say Monster? This? Lake Monster? Lake Monster? Nipponicket, I think. Lake Monster? Well, they came across what looked like a smallish orange orangutan sitting on an island. I'm sorry, what? Did it escape the zoo? Orange. What is orange? Like, (laughs) but like, there's not not an orangutan on an island in Massachusetts. No. That would be weird. I can't pronounce Massachusetts. It's the um, red guys from the Japan story. What are those called? Oh, the sh- um, shoji. Shoujo? Shoujo? It's one of them. He's a party animal. Oh, he just drinks a lot? Yeah, maybe. Maybe oh, he was me. just getting drunk. Pittman said that there's absolutely something special about Bridgewater Triangle, but he doesn't know if the explanation is supernatural or unexplained by a natural <gasps> phenomenon. Like an unexplained natural phenomenon. Yeah. Um, over generations, many have believed that the Huckamuck is home to spirits, strange animals, and more. Stories say that there are giant, vicious dogs with red eyes seen ra- ravenously sinking their fangs into the throats of ponies. Chupacabras. It's pretty intense. Chupacabras. A flying creature that resembles a pterodactyl. Yeah. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Native American ghost pa- paddling in canoes. Just normal ghosty goose? Yeah. The, something that glows. Aliens. That hovers above the trees. Aliens. And there's a shaggy half man, half ape scene shuffling through the woods. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. So we've got creepy dogs. Creepy dogs. Dogs, dogs in trench coats that smoke cigarettes. A flying dinosaur. Yes, yeah, flying dinosaur. A ghost. Ghost. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. And aliens. Swamp gas? It's definitely all, it's all just swamp gas. Everyone's just seeing stuff. No. Yeah. Other students of the paranormal have speculated that the negative and disruptive energy that was created when the Native Americans of this region were horribly persecuted might result in what, like, the the energy there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There have been reports reports of cult and satanic rituals conducted in the swamp. Of course. Um, Some believe that the swamp is cursed. Well, Yeah. I think, like, the whole triangle is cursed. I think it probably is. Joe DeAndrad thinks that the swamp may be the habitat of a creature that has yet to be identified. In 1978, he was 24, and he was standing on the shore of Clay Banks, a pond in Bridgewater near the swamp. His back was to the water. He said he was standing there, and for some reason I had to turn around. It was a chill or something inside of me. And as I turned around... There, off to the right, maybe 200 yards away, there was this, well, I don't know what it was. It was a creature that was all brown and hairy, like a big apish and man thing. 
It was a making big apish man thing. Yes. Got it. Bigfoot. It Everyone a, knows what you're talking about if you say Bigfoot. It was making its way for the woods, but it didn't stick but I didn't stick around to watch where it was going. I ran for the street. Oh, you didn't want to like follow it? No, obviously not. <laughs> um he never figured out what he saw, but not long after his encounter, a, the Bridgewater residents organized expeditions in search for Bigfoot-like creatures. Yes. They were. Us. They went equipped with cameras, rifles, and they trekked into the Hockamock Swamp two or three times, but they found no trace of the beast. Damn it. I just want someone to find Bigfoot. I know, right? Oh, did you see the post sidebar that was on, I think, our Instagram? And one of our fellow podcasts... God, I gotta think of who it is. I gotta find it. Um, They said, do you think... Do you believe the theory that Bigfoot's an alien? Oh, yeah. Someone, um, no, it was the Ballad of the Seven Dies posted to our uh, Instagram photo about if we believed Bigfoot was an alien because of how we can't find any trace of them after the fact of seeing them. I think it's a pretty compelling argument. It is a pretty compelling argument because, like, we have never been able to find a, like, home for Bigfoot or any, like, usually animals leave, like, remnants of themselves. Right. So it would make the most sense that, like, maybe some alien's coming down in his UFO and be like, I'll blend in perfectly in this suit. Like, looking around. Yeah. And then leaving. Or I guess all of the aliens look like Bigfoot. I like Bigfoot's suit better, though. Because, like, maybe it's, like, trying to be a bear. Maybe. And they just don't understand it. I'm in the woods and I'm trying to be a bear, but, like, I just apparently just didn't quite get it. So, like, I'm just a really tall alien in a human suit. I like the suit. idea of them also looking like a Bigfoot and living on a planet that is just like a giant forest. A, a planet of Bigfoot? Yes. After five years, uh, DeAndrea saw his creature. After he saw his creature, five years after that, another local resident reported seeing something similar. John Baker, a veteran fur trapper, was about a mile from his West Bridgewater home. Fur trapper? Home. Who the fuck are we? What time are we in? 1978 was when he saw his thing, so five years later. All right. 1980s. All right, sure. He was on a canoe in the river in a swamp, laying muskrat lines in the winter night. Uh, Paddling along in the quiet, Baker heard a loud crash and a rumble of an animal in the nearby woods. He was frozen with fear, and he saw a large, hairy beast slogging into the river. What is slogging? I assume he's just getting into the river and, like, wading in. Okay. And passed within a few yards. This is a quote from Baker. He says, I knew it wasn't human because when it passed me, I could smell it. It smelled like a skunk, musty and dirty. Ew. That's, like, the only disappointing thing about Bigfoots is, like, supposedly their smell. Right. But, like, maybe that's, like, the alien's way of deterring people. Well, they probably don't shower very often. Well, they probably don't shower their suit. They don't clean their suit very often. They don't have dry cleaning on their ships. No. They have to take it back to Homeworld. Yeah. To get it dry clean. I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to continue to live on the basis that it's a suit. Okay. Baker died in 2001. They just all share it. They share one suit. Yeah. They share one suit. They didn't they didn't really have the budget for it in their Starfleet. (laughs) Baker died in 2001 and he always maintained that he could not identify what he saw, but that in his more than 30 years of trapping in the swamp, he never saw a thing, thing like that before. 
Yeah. Going back to the early 1900s, there have been several reports of sightings of UFOs in the vicinity of the swamp. On Halloween night in 1908, two undertakers on their way from West Bridgewater to Bridgewater said that they saw in the sky what looked like a giant lantern. They watched it hover for nearly 40 minutes. You know, I wish drones didn't exist because, like, you know, you ever look up at the sky and you're like, you sort of wish it was a UFO, but it was just a drone. (laughs) You don't have those moments? I don't really have those moments. This was also in 1908, so there weren't drones. Swirling lights have also been seen above the swamp, which... was swirling? Swirling lights. Okay. Are they, like, gassy lights? Are they, like, light lights? Or, like, they, like, ship lights? Are, like... No, it's just a swirling. All right. Swirly lights. I like to picture that they are, like, twisting around each other like an ice cream cone. Yeah. Like, that's kind of cute. Swamp gas. Area resident Courtney Cullen said that she saw what she believed was a UFO in the summer of 1999 while at a cookout near Bridgewater, in Bridgewater near Lake Nipponicket, a good portion of which is in the Hockamock Swamp. So, like, part of this lake is in the swamp. Yeah. Suddenly there was a noise, wicked loud, Cullen recalls. Wicked loud. Wicked loud. (laughs) And there, uh, and next there was the light in the sky. No color, just bright lights. They were descending fast, like coming straight at the house behind where we were at at the cookout. And then, as it seems that the lights were going to crash into the house, they darted sideways in unbelievable speed and disappeared. So, more people than just her saw it? Uh, it just says she did in the article, but like it could it have sounds, if it's a it, cookout. But like, the way she's describing it sounds like everyone else should have saw it as well. Right. I, I think so, too. She also said, but what I remember is that as soon after we saw the lights, so yeah, soon after we saw the lights, yeah, we more than one helicopter appeared in the sky in the area where the lights were. Oh, helicopter. They're trying to cover up their tracks. The U.S. government. Probably. They know. One theory for weird things happening, and this is based on Chris, Pittman, Chris Pittman's theory, is that the soil might contain some natural magnetic minerals that could interfere with compasses, GPS systems. I wanted to say symbols so bad. And even the human mind. Messes with the human mind. Pittman also said that another possibility is that a lot of UFOs and Bigfoot sightings have been near high-tension power lines, and maybe that's something that's affecting people's perceptions. Well, so I was on a tour once. And it was like a bus tour and like we got off at this park and they had handed us EMF detectors. Like mm-hmm. and so we were like going around and they're like, Oh wait, don't point it at the big high powered power lines. You'll notice like a difference in your reading. Mm-hmm. And so like literally I had a EMF detector in my hand and I was testing it out. Like if you pointed it at right. like and I wasn't standing underneath these like power lines. I was still a pretty good decent distance away from them, but it would still register an electromagnetic field. Right. A pretty decent distance away. Right. So it could be something that is affecting something. Yeah. In this area. So the question in this article that I was reading was, is there an actual paranormal presence behind the strange occurrences? Chris Pittman, Chris Pittman said, I'm not sure that's the case, but I'm not sure it's not the case. All right, Chris. So 
that is the Huckmuck Swamp. So what I've learned today is I just want to be a student of the paranormal. I mean, that sounds fun. Because, like, I feel like I already am, and I just want to learn more. Yeah, you get your all, all your cool gear. Maybe you get a cool Letterman jacket. Yeah, a Letterman jacket. Because you're so, a student. Like, yeah, so I'm a student, right? Does, like, my tuition pay for, like, all of the ghost hunting equipment I could ever need and want in my entire life? I would life? assume so. All right. I would assume so. Like, what else would your tuition pay for? I don't know. Books? Who needs books (laughs) when you have the internet and your own personal research? That's that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) So that is, that's all I got for you. That's awesome. So that is the swamp of the Bridgewater Triangle? Yes. There's like a couple other places and I just, I was like, I could cover two places, but if I was like, I was like, if I cover two, it's going to be much longer. And I'll stick to like place by place. Yeah. So I guess that's dud that done does it. Um, sure is shooting. It sure is shooting is. So that's it. That's that's you. That is it's me. For outro. Um, so if you like this episode, please rate, review, and su- su- subscribe. <laughs> Same. <laughs> wow. That came out so bad. I love it. That's how I feel like all day. It's like I was having a stroke as I was trying to say. You had a cute little stutter. That was not cute. I don't know what you think that was, but that was not cute. Okay. Try again. I plan on. So if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us anywhere where podcasts be found. You can find us on social media at... You can find us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, on Twitter at The MF Cast, and you can email us your personal stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast. We also like to give a special thank you to Jenna, who did our logo. You can find her on Instagram and Etsy at Agenda. That is Agenda. And a special thanks to Cameron... And Devin, who's here, and all of you, the listeners. Thank you all for being here with us. Thank you for being a friend. Dun, 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 dun. Travel down the road and back <laughs> again. And uh, don't have to fate. By hanging out in a swamp. And goodbye. Bye. Bye.